Before we get started, I want to talk about sponsors that help make this show possible. I've partnered with swimming companies that can serve our international audience. Destro Swim Towers. Gain strength in the water with a tower of power. Save $150 per double swim tower by using code BRETT, B-R-E-T-T, at checkout. DestroMachines.com. The Magic 5, custom-fitted goggles that are tailor-made for your exact face. You shouldn't feel like you're wearing any goggles. Use code BRETTHAWK20 at checkout to receive 20% off. Swim Angelfish. Receive the tools and skills needed to teach swimmers with autism, physical disabilities, anxiety, sensory and motor conditions with swim angelfish go to swimangelfish.com superior swim timing run a swim meet with ease from your laptop sst is fully compatible with high tech team unify as well as colorado dactronics and amiga touchpads superiorswimtiming.com are you in need of a pace clock? Looking to finally upgrade those ancient analog clocks? The Swim Nerd Pace Clock is the most innovative digital pace clock. Go to swimpractice.com to check it out. Okay, Tatiana Schoonmaker, thank you for being on episode 200 of Inside with Brett Hawk. How are you? I'm good, thanks, and yourself? I'm doing great. Um, listen, I appreciate you taking the time to do this. I know that you've been extremely busy since the Olympics. So tell me about uh, what's been going on in your life since winning a gold at the, at the Olympics. <laughs> it has been a little crazy. I think everyone wants to know a bit about the story and everything. Um, but yeah, I think I have an amazing team that's able to just um, control it better for me and make it more, uh, more copable, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. So yeah, at the moment, I just love the support that I have been gotten since I've gotten back. Uh, I think it's almost weird to think like two months ago or three months ago, <laughs> I was walking or driving in the streets and no one had an idea who I was. And now basically almost every single robot, someone would stop next to me and, and wave and just like show to me it's well done. And yeah, it's just amazing to see that support. And yeah, I'm just trying to embrace it and enjoy it. <laughs> it's crazy. It's wild. Yeah. I saw a video of you, um, I think after one of your medals, I'm not sure which one, but you're walking back into the village and just the impact yes. that it had on the South African team. I could see the shock in your face. I mean, you were just overwhelmed with the support, even just from your teammates, right? Yeah, that's why I love going. I think because swimming is an individual sport, um, that's where we come together as a team as well. And you get selected as Team South Africa. And for Team South Africa, something like that is also very big. So, And we have such great team spirit so um it's always so nice to get back and i could hear them singing from the buses <laughs> and i just knew no this is going to be so embarrassing <laughs> um but yeah it was just such a special moment and um it was also i think for the south africans at home because it was they were able to video this and send it over mm. and i think people were just inspired and hopefully it just gave someone a bit of hope <laughs> 
Yeah, well, it's it's the first um, what is it? First gold medal since Penny Haynes uh, on the women's <laughs> side. Is that correct? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> wow. And I'm sure you were probably inspired by someone like her growing up. Is that right? Yeah, we're very fortunate to have someone like her in South Africa. And she was also always involved in swimming. Um, mm -hmm. As we all know, she's also part of like FINA. So mostly at those big competitions, she's also there and comes and just shows her support and stuff. So it's amazing that she's able to still be there and like kind of give back to us, um, which makes it more special and just share her knowledge um, to us as well. Well, everybody talks about the gold, but you also won silver. I mean, do you do you feel bad about the silver that everybody just talks about the gold? <laughs> no, I think it is. A bit, it's just put there on the side. When you show the medal, you always just bring the gold. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's it's still, for me, it was an amazing um, memory, an amazing mm -hmm. achievement. I didn't sure. go in there to, like, win any medals. I just, yeah. So, for me to be able to walk out there with two was already insane. <laughs> Yeah, um, I, I want to get to that in a second, but I do want to just touch on your coach, Rocco Mearing. Uh, Rock, I had Rocco on the show um, a little while back, a couple of weeks ago, and I mean, he just seems like an incredible coach. I mean, he's just put in uh, uh, years of dedication and very passionate, but but very much a, an athlete's coach, you know, like he's yeah. there for the athletes. Talk to me about Rocco just for a minute. <laughs> yeah, so I've been, um, since I joined Tux, uh, I joined in 2012, so I've been in the Tux for about 10 years. Unfortunately, not all of my 10 years I was with Rocco. He did leave the swimming for a bit, like in the middle there, um, and that was the only time I wasn't with him. So most of the, my swimming career, I have been with Rocco, and um, yeah, I just love the way he, there's no, you would there's no favoritism with him. I think that's that's what I like about it is that he gives attention to every single person and he knows all of his athletes personally in a sense that he knows what's best for you and he knows what's best for someone else. And I think just that um, that's like the, the, I don't know, the focusing on the attention of small things mm. like that, I think – um, means a lot to me and you, uh, for me I really don't want him to be over my shoulder 24-7 so it's so nice that he's able to engage with every athlete that he has on the team and it's not like we're only a group of 10 <laughs> I no. think we're a group of 100 so, yeah. um, and everyone just feels as special as I do when we're with him so we're so I'm so lucky to have a coach that's able to um make everyone in the group feel special and not pull someone aside more than someone else. Yeah. I got that feeling from, from talking to him and yeah, coaching a hundred athletes. I'm like, how do you do that? You're, you're insane. <laughs> it's just nuts. But, uh, but listen, sitting back watching the Olympics and, and that this is just from an outsider looking in, you know, like I don't know everybody and I haven't, I haven't got a, a feel for who's going to win this and who's going to win that. But the Olympics even seem like a little bit of a shock to you, but like, to, to me, it kind of felt like you came from nowhere. Now, when I look at your resume, I mean, obviously, you didn't come from nowhere. I mean, you had success in, in 18. You had a, a lot of success in 19 um, at different meets. But did, it, it kind of felt like, wow, like I think there was a lot of focus on people like Lily King, obviously, who'd mm -hmm. been so dominant. Um, so yeah. was it was – it, what, what was the mentality for you going in, uh, honestly? Did you feel like you were going to contend for the wins going in? <laughs> um, no, for me, uh, I've always just believed in giving my best and I don't think anyone can expect more than that. And for me to go to my first Olympics is already 
a big moment. So I, I just went there to try and enjoy the moments. And like they always say, take in as much as you can. So for me, it was to enjoy the whole experience. Um, even taking in that we, this was a unique Olympics. It was the Olympics in the COVID time. So no one else is going to experience an Olympics like this. Um, so for me, it was just, yeah, <laughs> to go there and give uh, my best. I'm very grateful that uh, my build up to that with like the 2018 and 2019, I think um, in the sense of like um, the magnitude of the galas, I was very lucky that it like built up. So it was obviously mm -hmm. world students and Commonwealth Games, then world champs and then the Olympics. Mm -hmm. So I think that shock. Um, maybe most juniors go from national level to straight into the Olympics. So I take my hat off for them. But I'm very grateful that my path was able to um, have that little bit of a build up. So um, for me to just be there um, in the race with Lily King, is it's incredible because you watched her four years ago competing in the Olympics and now you're actually swimming next to her. So it almost felt, felt unreal. Mm. Um, but you just, I think you remind yourself that um, you're there because you deserve the spot there. You swam those times. So it's almost just exciting to think that you actually are amongst the world's best. Um, so I just wanted to race and <laughs> enjoy. Well, I'm going to dig into that a little bit. You know, I'm gonna, I want to kind of talk through some of your swims in a second. But take me back to 16. You, you missed the Olympics in Rio by a hundredth of a second. Is that correct? Yes. <laughs> like what, what was that whole process? What was going on then? Yeah, I think um, I think why maybe I would say I was a bit more disappointed than I should have been is just it was never part of the plan. Um, uh, it's about two months before the trials where I had to qualify. I was basically like two seconds away from the qualifying time. Oh. And then all of a sudden at this Grand Prix, I swam, I dropped two seconds and I was under qualifying time. So then all of a sudden Olympics became part of the plan and I think I put that expectation too much on myself and I'm going we knew that at trials like it is I think in America as well is you have to qualify at that meet and you have to yep. be the top two qualifiers so I think to put all that pressure in one gala was <laughs> was quite intense so um and at that age I was 19 might not seem that young but um for the experience that I had it was a lot to take in so yeah, it wasn't a very nice moment, but uh, yeah, after that moment, I just knew that uh, everything happens for a reason and I just had to trust God's plan. And looking back now, I'm so grateful that there was so much I needed to grow in personally, physically, emotionally for me to be able to go to such an amazing um, event like the Olympics. So. <laughs> What was it like to sit at home and watch 16, uh, knowing that you had missed by a hundredth of a second, the smallest margin? What's yeah. it like sitting at home watching that event? Yeah, I actually almost never thought of it like that. I think once that moment was done in that race, um, I knew, like, I obviously knew it was over. So there's no points in like, like wandering on this sad experience. Um, for me at that time, I think going while the Olympics was playing, I was still getting back into swimming. That's also when I moved back to Rocco. And um, yeah, for me to just start loving the sports again, I think that disappointment, you you wonder if it's, if it's actually worth it to go through another four years um, 
what did I know? It's like 19 and I only believed in this Olympic dream for like two months. So, um, yeah, I think at that time I was just trying to enjoy the sport. So I don't think I thought too much of it <laughs> while it was happening. Wow. Uh, listen, I'm going to stop for one second. I've got to plug my laptop in. I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> such a rookie right now. It's five o'clock in the morning. I forgot to plug my laptop Shame. in. So give, me, give me one second. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> Okay, I think we're good again. Okay. <laughs> Appreciate that. Sorry about that. Just had a little heart attack. I saw my, my phone. My computer's about to die. <laughs> oh, people just see how I was awkwardly sitting here drinking my <laughs> coffee. No, no, no. I'll, I'll cut it out. Don't worry okay. about it. I don't leave you hanging like that. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, all right, listen. Well, let's uh, let's go back to, to um, Tokyo real quick. I want to kind of talk through... The events itself. So in the in the lead up to the first race, it was the hundred breaststroke, right? That was your first yes. swim. So, yep. how are you feeling, um, kind of in the days leading up to it? Are you feeling like you're at your best in the warm up pool? Uh, yeah, I think like I said also before, it almost didn't feel like we were at the Olympics. I think we were still kind of the girls in our squad was just still like trying to comprehend that we're actually there, but. Um, yeah, I think it is challenging because now you're in a new place. It's much harder. We went from winter, midwinter to summer. So it was also a different, uh, like something we had to adapt to. Um, but yeah, I think you don't think about it too much. You hope that everything worked out. Um, that in the race, you'd feel better. Um, so obviously the days leading up, I wouldn't say I felt amazing. <laughs> I didn't think I had that even in me. So uh, especially going into the 100, um, I knew that it wasn't my main event. Uh, I think I was ranked like seventh or eighth or something. So for me, I was just trying to like, maybe I could um, get into a final just to have a, sec or a second swim as well. Um, so I had no expectations. Um, so, yeah, I think after my first 100, when I swam those time already, I was like, well, obviously I'm feeling good. Um, it's yeah. not that I felt exceptional in warm-up. So I really didn't expect that, um, especially not coming from the 100, because I knew obviously my main, my main focus was the 200. Um, I've always wanted to do well in the 100 and 200, but it is very different um and you can also see it with the the swimmers that are differences so one or two people that um do both um but a lot of the faces are all new so a lot of the 100 swimmers i don't see in the 200 um mm. yeah you know. so so why do you think you had success i mean you came out and went 104 which is um incredibly fast <laughs> I mean, you, you had you had crazy speed going out. You could obviously close the race. You looked incredible. I think everybody was like, oh, what? I mean, that's the kind of impact you want to have at the Olympics. You want to take people's breath away on the first swim. And I think everybody was just like, like, what the hell? So, um, so I where, took where my did, own breath away. <laughs> really? So where did that come from then? Like, where's that? where did that speed come from? Uh, I, I have no idea. To be honest, like like I said, I, I've always wanted to do well in the 100 and the 200, but we obviously knew that my speed had to improve for my 200 maybe to improve because I needed my first 100 to be a bit faster. Um, and, yeah, so for us, we did work a little bit on speed, but obviously our main focus was the 200. Um, we had no – we not we had no expectations in the 100. Uh, we just, yeah, wanted to see if I can get my time faster and maybe by improving my 100, my 200 would be better as well. So, 
yeah, I really, I don't know. I think it was the excitement of being at the Olympics, mm. diving into that amazing pool. Uh, that just worked out perfectly in that race. <laughs> it's very difficult to manage kind of the emotions and the feelings and and the strategies from kind of a prelims to a semis, and then and then you swim great in the semi again, and then and then all of a sudden you end up in lane four in the final. I mean, it's how what kind of pressure does that put you under? You know, swimming so fast, having people around you that are just as good as you, but then you find yourself in in lane four in the final. Yeah. So let me go back to this question then. Sorry. So, so how do you manage the emotions and the feelings and kind of the race strategies from going from prelims to semis to finals, and then finding yourself in in lane four of the Olympic final of the the hundred breaststroke? <laughs> Yeah, that's crazy. I would have never expected myself to be in lane four, <laughs> especially having to race like um, the world record holder. And um, yeah, but I think for me, um, we were very fortunate that most of um, the times in, uh, like if we had to swim in South Africa, um, most of the time in the heat, in the mornings, I would try and go out hard and see if I could get to my PB um, in the morning already to not have that pressure in the final. Um, and then just improve on it on the final. So it was obviously a challenge having the um, the heat or the semis and the finals in the morning because now it's completely different and it's something you're not used to. So I was very lucky that, um, yeah, I was used to going out hard in the morning. So, um, yeah, and then I think obviously maybe the nights, that's why I swam the 104 is because it maybe felt like a final. Mm. <laughs> and somehow everyone just swam faster. I think most of the people's heats sometimes were faster than the semis or the finals. So um, I think it's just that idea that you have and the whole day you were preparing for this race. Um, so, yeah, it is. it, it was a bit different um, getting used to that. But I'm very lucky that... Um, it's something I train myself to do when I'm at home um, at galas is just to go out in the morning and try some fast times from the morning. So I think that benefited me a lot going into the semis and finals in the mornings. <laughs> now, Rocco said um, he felt sick, you know, waking up that day and, <laughs> and having to, to face you and then, and then you're in the Olympic final. And it's like, it's very difficult not to think about outcome in that, in that circumstance. You wake up and you're like, wow, I could be an Olympic champion today or, you know, there's a gold medal on the line. I'm swimming for that. Like, is it difficult to control your thoughts in that environment at that point in time? Uh, yeah, look, to be honest, I can't sit there and say that it wasn't a thought that popped up in my head. I think I just wanted, I just wanted peace when I went, it, uh, went to bed. But every single time I catch myself, there's a thought of like, what, what if I win? What will I do? Like, how, how will I even react? Like if I win? Um, so I think for the hundred, um, I was also so focused on um, not being in my lane. Um, and that's definitely something I learned so there were so much things you actually even learn during a competition. And that is yeah. definitely something I learned um, in that race. I knew, like, I know you're supposed to focus on your own race, but uh, every swimmer can say there is some times where you peek to the other side. And I know in the 100, I was obviously knowing uh, Lily King was so strong and that's like her main events. I think I was so focused on where she was in the race and that I would stay ahead of her. Um, that's, yeah, I think that last 15 meters 
when I actually looked to my other side, <laughs> uh, Jacoby was ahead. So uh, in that moment, I just like almost like basically was like laughing a little and thinking, wow, like I was so focused on like trying to get ahead of uh, Lily in that moment that I wasn't really focusing maybe more on my own race. And um, I ended up almost swimming like her race. And I think that was just for me um, some such a great like learning curve as well. Not that I never knew that I knew that, but it's you just make small little mistakes like that. And mm. I knew going into the two hundred that I can't control the outcome. And I've always had this um, thing where I say let go and let God, and that's basically what I had to do in the two hundred and not try and control the outcomes because I I created this expectation of now I'm in lane four and now I could win a medal where that was never on the table. So it was definitely something I had to learn. And for me to still walk out with the silver is incredible. I never thought I would walk out there with a hundred meter medal. Mm. Um, so no, I'm very happy. And it was such a good race. Uh, uh, I think it was amazing for Jacoby to come through. I think um, maybe, I don't know about Lipa, <laughs> I would say I was focused a lot on her and um, the Jacoby, she just surprised us and such an amazing, <laughs> yeah. such an amazing race. <laughs> I guess I guess in that circumstance, anything can happen in an Olympic final, but it, like you said, it kind of taught you to stay focused on, on you. There's obviously the excitement of winning your first Olympic medal and it's in an event that you hadn't really expected to. So I guess yeah. <laughs> there's a combination of kind of a little bit of disappointment of not winning, but obviously the excitement of of winning in in the kind of your non-favorite event and then and then your favorite events coming up. So there's it teaches you a lot. So does that does that give you some calmness now going into your your pet event of the 200 breast? And they at the Olympics. <laughs> Uh, I think so, but also I was a bit nervous because obviously there was an extra hundred and <laughs> a lot happens in a hundred and um, the type of training for that last hundred is also different. So I think I was a little nervous to see like how it would feel in a 200 because I was feeling so strong in a hundred and adding another hundred is quite a burn. So I think um, for me, I just wanted to get the first race done. Um, just to feel um, comfortable in that race. I think I was a bit nervous, especially also knowing, like I said before, um, there were some girls that never didn't even swim the 100, so they were waiting to swim that 200. Mm. Um, so they were preparing for the 200, and here you are swimming three 100 races, and it does it is a tiring event because you have to sprint <laughs> 100 uh, max. So, um, yeah, I think I was just... To be honest, yeah, a little bit nervous, uh, but I knew I just had to swim that first race and get, almost get those uh, nerves away or those like small little doubts of um, me not being able to <laughs> do an extra hundred or just having a bit more confidence in my second hundred. Yeah. Now watching the the, the progression of the two hundred, I got to admit I was a little bit nervous for you myself sitting at home. <laughs> you you go out in the prelims and you you kind of do the same thing again in the at the prelim of the the two hundred. I mean you you swam incredibly fast, almost break the world record. And so I'm sitting there thinking, oh no, don't do this. You know, like come on, yeah. like progression. Let, let's start with maybe exactly. a two twenty one and let's let's come down a little bit. But uh, yeah, you flew out. Um, you, you swam a little bit slower in the semi, but you still get lane four again, I believe. So it's like, uh, I, I did feel the pressure for you. I'm like, all right, there's going to be a ton of pressure on this 200. 
Um, and, and then, and then in the final itself, Lily King goes out and swims a, a completely different race plan than I've seen her race before. And I'm thinking to myself, even during the race, like, oh, wow, now Lily's in your head, the lane four's in your head. But, but then there was a point in the race where you just take control. So for, for me, I'm nervous. I'm freaking out. But <laughs> for you, it seems like, no, you've learned everything you needed to learn at that point, And you're, you're in complete control. And, and then there was a point in the race where I just relaxed. I'm like, oh, she's got this. This is, this is, this is done. I mean, is, is that how it went for you or was there something different? <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, that's why, like, the 100, I think, was amazing to have maybe even before that signed it. There was so much that I did learn. And I think also just the idea of creating expectation. I know I went into the Olympics by not expecting anything. If I could get close to the times that I did at trials, like, I would have been so happy, especially, like, having to swim those times again at such a like, amazing event, the, the Olympics. Um, so I think going into the 200 um, from the start, I just knew that whatever happens in this race, like we all know it's going to be a good race. And um, yeah, I just want to, it's almost like you just want to get it over and done with, see who <laughs> who gets the medals or who won. Um, and if it was someone else, like I would have been so happy for them as well. Um, yeah, it was just, I knew that. I can only focus on myself. Um, there's, I think everyone had this expectation because I also came in ranked first for the 200. Um, so they kind of quickly put the 100 aside and they said, okay, well, that was not her main event. Now it's the 200, so this is her event. Um, but, yeah, so for me, that expectation was no one can expect more than my best. And unfortunately with the 100, my times did get slower <laughs> the further I went. So, yeah, starting the so what I was going to say to you was there was there a particular race strategy that you had uh, had a plan for that gave you that ease or comfort in the 200 final to to break the world record like what were you trying to achieve during the race <laughs> I think my main goal was obviously just focusing on my own lane I knew obviously right. the small little mistake I made in the 100 um so, yeah, I just wanted to dive in and know by when I touched that wall that I gave everything and I knew I was focused on my own race. And I think when I turned for the 150, you can see underwaters, Lily and I both looked at each other. Oh, really? <laughs> we turned the, we turned the, she turned to my side and I turned to her side. So we literally faced each other. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, so that was quite funny. Um, but I think when I saw her, I was obviously, because also I've seen her race before, um, mm -hmm. and normally by the 150, um, she obviously went on much stronger. So when I saw her, I thought, okay, well, maybe our times aren't as fast, or she's swimming an amazing PB. So I had no idea at that moment, but uh, that was like the thoughts I had like in that swim, but... Um, then I was like, well, this is up to the last 50 and it's literally, it couldn't be a more like amazing race to see who, who had the best last 50 technically. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, so then I knew like, um, you just think about like maybe like starting to see if you, um, getting a lead. And I just, I think at that moment I decided like, then I realized, no, I learned my lesson, mm -hmm. um, focus on my own race and the outcome will be just the way God planned it. So um yeah i touched the wall i think as i t came in to touch <laughs> the wall i looked under my but like under my armpit and then that's <laughs> when i knew i touched first <laughs> without having to look at the board um 
But yeah, then I think I turned to the board and obviously my first reaction was very <laughs> boring. <laughs> um, but it's because I, I thought they shuffled the board. You know how they shuffle it and they put yeah. first, second, third. So that's what I thought. And she was obviously in the outside lane. And I saw 219 and I assumed because we were so close to each other as well that um, a 219. So I was like, oh, wow, okay, 219. I expected maybe like a 220 or something. Um, so I was like very happy. I was like, wow, 219 again. That's amazing. Like I was able to submit three times. Um, and then I think <laughs> when I looked back, it wasn't my. <laughs> they didn't reshuffle the board. <laughs> but I, I, when I saw at 18, I was like, no. When I saw at 18, I knew. Like, I didn't even look at the name. I just knew, like, well, that's the fastest time on the board. I knew mm. I won. So wow. it was just, yeah. <laughs> that's, well, that's wild. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've, I've never had that experience of looking up and seeing a world record, <laughs> but I could just imagine, especially in the Olympic final, it, missed, it just must be just incredible and then the way that yeah. the, the the four of you girls kind of came together at the end of uh you know embracing the way you did at the end there that was kind of like the olympic moment too it kind of captured yeah. the olympic spirit too that was an amazing moment yeah i think it, it might not even be the, the olympic moment it was my moment it was like the moment that was the most special for me that's what i mean mm -hmm. um is because yeah, the world records and things like that fall away and medals fall away. Um, but a moment like that where we're able to, as girls, come together and celebrate, we knew it was such a good race. Um, I think it was one of the finals that actually ended up a lot of girls had PBs in that final. <laughs> so um, wow. I think it was the fastest, I, I think, uh, of what I've heard is that it was one of the fastest finals at the Olympics that year. So because um, most of the finals, the times were a bit slower, but this was the only final that the times were faster. Mm. Um, so you just knew it was an amazing race. And for us to be able to like almost put that aside after the race and just celebrate one another and the achievements, I think was such a special moment because outside the pool, we still, we're not, the, we're not defined by what we do, but by who we are and Lily is still a human and Annie is and Kayleen is and for us to come together almost as friends in the pool um, and then we know next race I'm gonna, the, she's going to try her best again and I'm going to try my best and um, whatever the outcome we're able to just um, just celebrate it with each other. <laughs> yeah uh, I want to talk about your stroke real quick because it's it's being kind of the, a topic of discussion and uh, it's fascinating. I think there are people in history who come along and really change the way us coaches think about the stroke. I mean, obviously now you're the world record holder, so people are going to pay attention. I mean, you're a very, very late breather. You're a very aggressive breather. It's up and down very quickly. I mean, people have done comparisons of like other girls next to you and they come up before know, you so and then you're down before them. It's like, <laughs> but, but the lateness of your breath. So, I mean, do you do you you know you've changed the game in breaststroke? There's going to be late breathers all over the world now, right? <laughs> I didn't even know. It's when I saw them analyzing my video and saying I have this different stroke. I was mm -hmm. like, oh, I thought this was breaststroke. Like for me, it didn't feel like I was doing anything different. <laughs> Obviously, you can see the different strokes in breaststroke, but I just thought it was some like that's just how you ended up learning the technique or something. So it wasn't that I was focusing on. I have to breathe late um, mm. or, yeah, I think, <laughs> I don't know. It was just almost weird to see people analyze it. And 
I didn't even know that about myself. So, <laughs> so it wasn't thanks. like it wasn't intentional then. It's just kind of this is my stroke and this is the way I do it. It wasn't like I was trying to do something different than everybody else. No, I don't think so. I think maybe for me breathing late, I was just trying to see if I can, because my arms, I would say, is my more weaker part. <laughs> so mm. I don't have a very like strong pull. So for me to improve my pull, I just really tried and pulled the water and I didn't realize that it made me breathe later. <laughs> so I think that's why I was almost like surprised. And I was like, well, thanks for telling me what I do that I never even knew about. <laughs> so yeah. I'm glad it works then. <laughs> Well, you're you're clear, you're clearly onto something. I mean, because the way that the way that we analyze it as coaches is like, well, how long do you stay kind of in a streamlined position? How quickly do you get back to it? And I think that Adam Petey, uh, you know, forced us all to look at the way that we were teaching breaststroke or thinking about breaststroke. And now you've done the same thing. It's like, oh, there's another way to do it again, where you can where you can get in, you get you know, get this late breath and get back real quick. So I'm I'm telling you, there's going to be late breathers. The the next generation of breaststrokers are all going to be late breathers. Uh, uh, they were uh, even joking about it in South Africa that it's not even now the stroke. Everyone's children are going to be called mm -hmm. Tatiana. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be the Tatiana breaststroke. Yeah. That's weird. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. All the yeah, all the kids in South Africa are going to be called Tatiana too. Yeah, that's right. You've changed the whole generation of people. And in, no, in your country and, and 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 athletes around the world uh, a couple of quick questions before i let you go uh why, why aren't you doing the isl why, why not that um i think because we have such a big year next year we have our commonwealth games and we have world champs next year um so coming back from the olympics i think they started at the end of that month um and it was just we've been training for so long since obviously when COVID opened and we were able to swim. We've been starting. So swimming, you never really get a break. So for me, I just wanted a break and to go on a bit of a holiday after the Olympics. Um, so for me to start swimming or racing the ISL like two days after my holiday, I don't think it would have gone really well. So I think I just wanted to focus on training, um, especially going into next year. Right. Now, it seems to me like you've already had an impact on South African swimming. Uh, a kid, a kid like uh, Maddie Sates uh, is just tearing the, the world on fire yeah. right now. I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> I need to get advice from him because that that was insane. Like it's it's so incredible to see him you know swim so fast. And I was also watching his interview the other day and just the way he thinks and to think like a sixteen year old, the mindset that he has, it's mm. it's really it's incredible and. That's what you're supposed to. You have to have no expectations going in. I think as soon as you create expectation, that's when you become disappointed um, because it, some things happen. Uh, everything happens for a reason. And, um, yeah, I think if you had an expectation, that's the only reason you'll be disappointed because <laughs> you created something that didn't exist because it's still in the future. <laughs> yeah. Uh, listen, these words, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true, but... Uh, there's a lot of talent coming up, so you, you're doing you're doing something right down uh, or in South Africa. So there's some good stuff <laughs> happening. But um, uh, tell me this: uh, Do you you don't swim doubles, or you do? Oh yeah, no, we swim doubles. Uh, we okay. swim doubles on Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, okay. and then we do weight training and swim on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and then a single session on a Saturday, and then we have off on Sundays. <laughs> oh, that's excellent. That's good. Now, yeah. um, what about the whole controversy with kind of the the payments that you could have gotten from South Africa and things like that? Has that all been sorted out now? 
Uh, yeah, obviously, um, we are very blessed because they did um, they did pay us, and I think with the support of the South Africans as well, um, they've shown so much support with the um, crowdfunding stuff as well. Right. Um, so, yeah, I've honestly, it's it's really been crazy. You can almost not comprehend the amount of support, and it's so amazing to see our country come together like that. So. Yeah. Awesome. That's good. To, that's good to know. So, has this kind of inspired you now? Are you feeling like Paris is something you're definitely looking at doing, or you still have a major mind up? <laughs> no, I would love to be part of Paris. Um, it's going to be a bit weird being like not the oldie, <laughs> but um, I think that's why I almost didn't feel real the Olympics is because you always looked at uh, I looked at the Olympics on TV and you always saw these old or like the mature athletes. Like obviously, they were 15 year olds and stuff, but. You just thought, wow, these incredible athletes, and um, it's almost unreal. So hopefully in 2024, um, maybe it could feel a bit more real <laughs> being there. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely excited. Like um, for me, again, that's not going in there. I'm not going to try and defend my title. I'm going to try and improve. And if that's just improving on um, the like mental side or spiritually or just growing and personally. Um, yeah, I think it's such an amazing thing to have. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that. I mean, the, the pressure now of being the Olympic champion and, and then maybe, you know, people starting to talk about defending and things like that doesn't seem to be part of your mindset. It's, it's more of like, I'm just going to keep getting better and the outcome will be the outcome. Yeah, no, that is how it is. Um, and I mean, I didn't even think I would even win that to 2020. So I'm still, I'm still trying to process that, that thought of winning. So I think... I think it will only be real when I get to the Olympics and my name is there on the list, on the world record list. And I think it would just, it almost would, I think then maybe hopefully it will sink in a little bit, be like, oh, well, <laughs> it is, it's true what people are saying. <laughs> well, listen, uh, I appreciate your time. Thank you for doing this. I know that you're Thanks. super busy and and um, <laughs> and taking the time to do this is a, is a big honor for me. So thank you. Uh, I'm yeah, a huge fan, obviously, <laughs> now. And uh, listen, congratulations and, and keep it up. You know, you've inspired thank millions you. and I think you're going to continue to do that, okay? Thank you so much, and thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks, Tatiana. Take care. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> Bye.